Hello and welcome to the Hard to Handle Sports Podcast. This is episode number 10. My name is Ismael San Juan. I am so happy to be here today. Today we're going to talk about the Lakers. The Lakers win their 17th title in their NBA history. Defeat the Heat in game six. Just completely annihilated them to be honest. Also, NFL week five is in the books. We had a great, great Sunday yesterday. We had some great games. A huge upset. The Raiders upset the Chiefs. Fortunately, Dak Prescott got hurt too. We'll touch on that. So this is episode 10. I hope you guys stick around. We're gonna talk about sports and more sports. Um, first and foremost, just wanted to congratulate the Lakers on being NBA champions again after 10 years. 10 long years for Laker Nation. 10 long years for me as I am a Laker fan, but it's all worth it. We're champions again. We tied the Celtics for 17 titles, most all time. Lakers have won more championships in the last 30, 40 years, so I believe their championships are more impressive as has been done in modern basketball. But, you know, we could we could discuss that in another in another episode. Just today should be all about the Lakers, congratulating the Lakers and giving respect to the Heat. The Heat put up a great fight. The Heat made the finals very interesting. A lot of people thought the Lakers were going to sweep them. I said Lakers in six, and they won in six. But honestly, once Dragic went down and um, Bam Abadayo got hurt for a couple games, I thought the Lakers were going to sweep. But Jimmy Butler put that team on his back, game three and game five. He had two triple-doubles, and they won both games. Just amazing, amazing performance by Jimmy Butler. I think on game five, he only didn't play for 43 seconds just crazy crazy stuff what a competitor he is uh the heat have a great player they have a great core they have some shooters they have tyler hero as a rookie duncan robinson i believe is in his second or third year um you know they have some building blocks if you're a heat for heat fans for heat nation you know the the future looks bright for you guys unfortunately you guys just met up against the juggernaut that the lakers are this season they were the second best record in the nba regular season they were the best team in the playoffs by far. And they have two of the best players in the whole league. They were LeBron and AD were both voted into the first team All NBA. Um, there's no shame in losing to the Lakers. So, just wanted to tip my hat to the Heat for making the the series, the finals, a competitive one, for making it fun to watch, for not just being a foregone conclusion that the Lakers were gonna win. And especially shout out to Jimmy Butler for just. Jumping into that superstar category, he had a great finals. The, the final performance that he had, you know, he could not hang his head. He had a great performance, and we'll see what the Heat do from here. Um, I might touch, might do an episode just on like you know what 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 they'll do from here on out. But just tipping my hat to the Heat, great, 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 great run. No one saw it coming. Shout out to Spolstra, Jimmy Butler, Bam, everybody. Just good job overall for the Heat. Now on to the Lakers. Lakers get their 17th title, and boy, does this one feel sweet. Bittersweet just because, you know, Kobe passed away at the beginning of the year. The great Kobe, Laker great. A lot of people say he's the best Laker of all time. Um, definitely up there in the Mount Rushmore of best Lakers of all time. He, he meant so much to the city of Los Angeles, to the Lakers, and he had a tragic death at the beginning of this year. And for the Lakers to be able to Finish this crazy, crazy basketball NBA season with the championship and, you know, dedicated to Kobe and Gigi. It's just a great, great, you know, it, it's a feel-good story and it's just a touching, touching, great way to end the season. Mm, so uh, hopefully uh, Kobe is, you know, 
wherever he is, he's looking down upon this Lakers team and just hopefully he's very proud of this team because they did him right by winning the championship. But also I wanted to touch on LeBron. LeBron wins his LeBron fulfills his promise to Los Angeles, to the Lakers, to Laker Nation. When he came here two years ago, he said that he was going to bring the Lakers back to the mountaintop to to put some respect on the Lakers again after suffering through some eight, nine long years of, you know, just being mediocre. And he did that. He did that on his second season with the help of AD, with the help of a lot of key quality role players, with the key uh, signing of Frank Vogel as the head coach. That was very important. But, yeah, LeBron once again fulfills his promises he 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 did a promise to lebron um to cleveland when he went back there he did it to los angeles and he has fulfilled both times he just keeps adding to his resume his fourth title his third different team he wins finals mvp first time in nba history that that's been done just super impressive stuff by lebron uh i'm so lucky that he's a laker uh, he's a laker he, i think he's going to finish his career as a laker so Honestly, the Lakers could potentially repeat next year. And LeBron doesn't look like he's slowing down. He's age 35 at this point in his career. He might not be as athletic as he was when he first came in, but he's still a freak of nature. He's still the smartest player in the NBA. And Anthony Davis is just entering his prime. He's, I believe he's 26 or 27. He has a lot, a lot of years left. And, you know, if I'm the league, I would be worried. LeBron is not slowing down. AD got a chip. He has that monkey off his back. He's going to play more loose going forward. It's a scary, scary sight for, for the rest of the league. I know um, LeBron is pretty good at recruiting, and I know some free agents are going to want to hop onto this, uh, onto this, you know, onto this train and hope they could get a championship because a lot of players, even the, even this, this first year that they won a championship, a lot of players that had never won a championship got one. So I wouldn't be surprised if, if Los Angeles is a prime free agent destination and they just keep on building and making a stronger team i wouldn't be surprised if next year's team is stronger than this year's and we should have a, a great nba season next year hopefully it's covid free but you know some storylines concluded yesterday with the lakers becoming champions uh most notably for me dwight howard after his first stint in 2013 with the lakers he left he went to the rockets and the tweet resurfaced uh, yesterday. I'm going to put it in the video. I'll put the link on, on the podcast if you're listening to this on just a regular podcast. But basically, um, Dwight Howard said, thank you, LA. I hope I'm able to make it up to you guys one day. And he tweeted that two days after the Lakers got swept in the, in the playoffs, in the first round of the playoffs against the Spurs in 2013. That was the season that um, Dwight Howard was hurt, Steve Nash was hurt, and Kobe unfortunately hurt his Achilles and it was never the same. So I think Kobe uh, tore his Achilles with three games left in the season and he had he, he was giving it all to just wheel the Lakers into the playoffs. And ultimately the Lakers were able to punch, punch a ticket into the playoffs and they met up with the Spurs and they got, they got swept. And two days after they got swept by the Spurs, Dwight tweeted that, and his, his future was uncertain at that point. We didn't know if he was going to come back with the Lakers or if he was going to sign with somebody else. And, you know, just the things played out, just the way things played out, he ended up with the Rockets. And then after that, his career kind of just took a crazy turn. He, he went from being regarded as, you know, one of the best players in the NBA, the best center in the league, to just a role player and a role player that, you know, couldn't stay on the roster. He went, he bounced around. He went to Atlanta. I think he went back to Orlando. 
And then he just became a free agent. Nobody really wanted him. And then he got a role with the Lakers, and he re- revitalized his career, and now he's a champion as a Laker. And he was a key contributor contributor uh, throughout the whole season, especially against in the playoffs against the Nuggets in the Western Conference Finals. He, he showed his worth, and he earned his ring. And he, he had another video where he was just like, at the at when they were celebrating in the locker room and they were all covered in champagne, Dwight had a moment with the with the trophy and and he was on Instagram Live I believe and he was just don't you ever give up on your dreams don't you ever give up on your dreams if you have a dream, you know just keep at it just keep at it don't you ever go, go away from your dreams and that was just a very touching moment and it's just it was just like wow like he's right so if you have a dream you know never give up on it, just look at Dwight Howard as an example. He carried his own team to the NBA Finals. He went to the Lakers, had a bad stint. Laker fans, you know, hated him, booed him for what he did, for how he left. And now he's a champion with the Lakers, and Laker fans, you know, adore him now. So life, life, life has life is funny. Life is funny. It, it's crazy how some things go full circle, and you know, things might be bad one day, but they'll be better in the future. And and that's what I took away from what Dwight said. And it's just it's just like a wow on how things go full circle. And another another storyline that was just touched me too was uh Rondo. Rondo, he won a championship, I believe, in 08 with the Celtics. And you know, he he becomes the first player in NBA history to win a championship with the Lakers, the Los Angeles Lakers and the Boston Celtics. And his career is crazy too because after the Celtics, he was kind of like a damaged good in, in some sort of sense. Like he went to the Mavericks and then he went to Sacramento and he just couldn't stay on a team and he kept bouncing around. He went to the Pelicans. He had a postseason with the Heat where he was pretty good. But he he never really got back to the Celtics Rondo. And he was looked at as a headache. And eventually like he was just a free agent. Nobody wanted him. And then he signed with the Lakers and he said he wanted to be the first player to sign to, to get a championship with the Lakers and the Celtics. And he put on the show yesterday. He ended up with 19 points. And he was just a great contributor in the playoffs. Like, throughout the whole playoffs, he just showed his class again. What a great and what a great and smart player he is. And it, that one that one shocked me, too. It was just uh, seeing the pictures of, of uh, Rondo just sitting down on the floor and taking everything in and, you know, the, just the career trajectory that he's had. Uh, he 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 might have some 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 thoughts might have came crept into his head saying like damn am I ever gonna get back to to the finals am I ever gonna win another championship just the way his career went it's like a roller coaster up and down but he was able to you know be a champion again and he was a key contributor and I know Laker fans uh, you know love him love playoff Rondo love him just for his his genius that he displays on the court just all all these storylines were just I was just there were just a lot of things that I had to process la- last night as the Lakers won it was just it was very impressive I was super happy and, and as all these storylines kept like you know popping up I was like man this this is one of the best championships ever just for all these crazy storylines and another one uh another storyline was uh Jeannie Buzz becomes the first uh female owner to win an NBA uh championship i know it wasn't it was it was tough on her because her brother jim buzz and and uh 
Kupchak were running the were running the Lakers in those horrible years that like, they couldn't make the playoffs and nothing was going right. And Jeannie Buzz basically had to fire her, her brother and tell tell him that you know what you're 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 not running the Lakers good. I got to find somebody else. And then she signed Rob Pelinka as the GM and she signed um, Magic Johnson as the vice president of basketball operations. And Magic Johnson didn't didn't work out too well. He he stepped down, and then Rob, it was Rob Palinka's show, and he did a great job. But Jeannie Buzz had to make that difficult decision of firing her own brother, <laughs> and she's <laughs> she's tough. She's tough. She's she's a tough cookie, and you could tell that she was very happy to to you know bring a championship back to LA, and you know just shout out to her for being tough, making tough decisions, and you know making some great hirings, and. Uh, yeah, for bringing the Lakers back to where they belong. It's just an amazing, amazing year, amazing championship. LeBron now has four titles, and he's definitely, if you didn't have him in the GOAT conversation, he has definitely put himself in that conversation. He had a great uh, speech yesterday where he was just like, Polinka wants his respect, this organization wants his respect, Jeannie wants her respect, Frank Vogel wants her respect, and I want my damn respect. Something along those lines, and that was just like very powerful. I was like, okay, okay, LeBron, this this man knows how to talk, and and it's right. Like he's right. I myself have 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 doubted LeBron throughout the years, or you know, just said that he he was never gonna be the goat, just because it, it just felt so so far, so distant. Like how could anyone reach that goat status when Jordan's record is so perfect? But LeBron has definitely has definitely put himself in that conversation where you just gotta you definitely gotta do the the analysis and just be like, all right, if you pick LeBron, there's nothing wrong with that. There's there's nothing wrong with you thinking LeBron is the greatest player of all time. He he, he probably he probably is the greatest of all time. It's just the the display for how long for how how many different teams he's done it for, how many different coaches, how many different players have have worked with him. It's just very, very impressive, and he might be the GOAT. He might be the GOAT. But, yeah, I just wanted to finish this by congratulating the Lakers on your 17th NBA championship. One of the weirdest, strangest, craziest NBA seasons with with the halt because of the coronavirus, with the bubble. It's just a crazy, crazy year, and, and what a way to conclude. Shout-out to the Lakers. Shout-out to LeBron and uh, – Shout out to Kobe Bryant. May he rest in peace. One of my favorite players of all time. Or probably my favorite player of all time. But with that being said, NBA season is over. Looking looking forward to the NBA offseason. It's going to be a fun one. Uh, I wonder if any any players are going to make a big change. I wonder if the Bucks are going to trade Giannis. I wonder what the Rockets are going to do. Are they going to blow everything up? It's going to be a crazy offseason. It's going to be a, a weird one too just because it's it's in a different time. Usually the NBA season will be starting up around around this time, or at least the preseason. So I'm very excited for the off season. I'll, I'll keep covering it. If you keep listening to my podcast, I'll just you know keep keep bringing it up. Even as even though it's in the off season, I'll keep talking about it. The NBA off season is very entertaining. So I won't stop talking about the NBA. Uh, I think the the free agency starts on the 18th, so that's gonna be there's gonna be a lot of changes and. A lot of things to talk about. So if you're an NBA fan, you know, just keep on listening. I'll be here just talking and talking about basketball. I love basketball. Basketball is, I love basketball. It's one of the, my favorite sports. It's, 
it's just an amazing sport and I love it. But just wanted to talk about also the NFL Week Five. It was a great week of football. Um, just wanted to start real quick with my Week Five shoutouts. Week Five shoutouts, real quick. Um, shout out to Nick Foles. He's two and zero against Brady. Beat him in the Super Bowl. Beat him um, Week Five of you know the 2020 season. Uh, the Bears beat the Bucks 2019. Nick Foles, he honestly he he played all right. He had he had a couple of throws that he uh, I was like, man, the Bears are in a rough position if they gotta go back to Trubisky. But that was like early in the game, and he got he got his he got his game together, and he was able to finish stronger. Jimmy Graham had a crazy catch in the end zone, one handed. He's not that good as a tight end anymore. He's not a physical freak where he could run hella vertical routes, but he's still a great uh, end zone threat. And then at the end, Brady Brady looked like he forgot what down it was. He thought he still had one more down. He's he was getting he was raising up his four fingers trying to indicate that it was fourth down, but the play he had just ran was fourth down. So that was pretty funny. It was like a senior moment for Brady. Uh, the Bears the Bears surprised me. I th- I thought they were gonna lose. I thought the Bucks were gonna um, take care of them pretty easily, and they didn't. So. The Bears, the Bears have a chance to be a legit team. That I think I believe they're four and one. They they only their only loss was last week to the Colts. Four and one, I, and and there's an extra wild card spot. They're probably gonna make the playoffs. So the Bears probably are gonna make it back to the playoffs this year. But yeah, shout out to Nick Foles for beating Brady again. Two and zero. My second shout out, shout out to the Texans getting their first win of the M, of the of this NFL season after firing firing Bill O'Brien, their head coach and their GM. They're able to beat the Jaguars 30-14. Uh, Brandon Cooks looked like a legit wide receiver again after having zero yards last week with only two targets. He he got like over 100 yards and a touchdown. Um, yeah, I think Bill O'Brien just didn't know how to run this team. He, he had The offense looked like they had no life when he was running it, when he was in charge. Now that Romeo Cornell is the head coach, he, he's a defensive uh, head coach, but... It looked like the offense was running better. I think Bill O'Brien was just incompetent. The Texans looked way better. Shout out to the Texans. Shout out to Deshaun Watson getting their first win of the NFL season. Uh, my third shout out, shout out to the Falcons. The Falcons finally fired their GM and their head coach. Dimitrov and uh, Dan Quinn are now gone. The Falcons are now 0-5. Horrible start to the season. They haven't been the same since they blew that 28-3 lead to the Patriots what was it like three four Super Bowls ago it's just they haven't been the same the organization hasn't been the same the belief in the coach hasn't been the same it was time it was it was long overdue they saved their job last year by ending six and two but it was long overdue Dan Quinn and Dimitrov they're now gone they're now in the same boat that the Texans are they're looking for a head coach they're looking for a GM Matt Ryan is getting old I believe he's like 35 years old now so we'll see how many more years he has. We'll see what the new head coach and a new GM want to do. If they want to keep him, if they're going to get rid of him and start drafting young. The Falcons need a lot of help, and, but they at least did the first the first step. They fired their GM and they fired their head coach. I know a lot of Falcons fans wanted them to be gone like years ago. So I'm sure they're happy right now. But yeah, shout out to the Falcons finally getting rid of Dan Quinn and Dimitrov, they're better off now. And a uh, fourth shout-out, fourth shout-out for week five would be to Alex Smith. Alex Smith 
makes his NFL uh, return against the Rams. It was a tough. It was a tough return because he was going against the Rams, and they have a elite defensive front, probably the best front in the NFL. And he he got sacked a couple like three four times, and I was like, wow. Like after he broke his leg, and it was just a horrible injury, and I think it was like two years that he missed almost to come back and and go back on the field. It was just it was like a teary eyed moment. You're just super happy for Alex Smith. I know he had some complications with his surgery. I know, uh, I think his, his bone went through his skin and then it got infected and then they feared that he might not even live, that his life was in danger and all the rehab that he did and now to be back on the NFL field is just crazy and it's super impressive and shout out to Alex Smith for making making it all the way back to NFL after the doctors feared for his life and unfortunately for him, he had to go up against the Rams and he got sacked three or five times it was it was it was quite a bit and I know his wife was probably super worried in the stands and his kids too but fortunately nothing happened to him and hopefully he's able to he should be the starting quarterback moving forward um for the for the Washington football team so I just wish him the best I hope I wish him all the health in the world and I hope he's able to you know keep on playing this season and he has a good year and my fifth shout out my final shout out of the week before we start getting into the games, Philip Rivers, shout out to Philip Rivers, shout out to his agent. They're robbing the Colts. They're robbing the Colts. Philip Rivers got a one year, $25 million contract with the Colts after stinking it up with the Chargers probably for the last two years or maybe longer that he was in San Diego or in Los Angeles. He, he didn't play good his last year or two. And I think the Colts just thought that bringing him into a better environment with a better line, he was going to do better. And he has not. Uh, basically, game one, they let him throw a lot, and they lost. And then after that, for the next three weeks, they didn't let him throw that much. They just ran the ball a lot and toughed out, grinded out games, and they won those three games. And then yesterday against the Bears, they needed him to make some throws to keep him in the game, and he couldn't. He threw a lot of bad throws. He got picked off twice, I believe. One of them was a pick six that just changed the whole game. And honestly, he could have he could have been intercepted more than twice. He got lucky a couple of times, and he, the eye test just doesn't is not there. He he doesn't have the deep throws. He was when I was a Charger fan, and and uh, the Chargers were still in San Diego. One of one of his main strengths was pushing the ball down the field, and now it just it's not there. His accuracy is not there. His arm strength is not there. I think Philip Rivers is done. He's washed. He looks washed. And the fact that he was able to get $25 million from the Colts and they have a pretty impressive roster, you know, shout out to Philip Rivers, shout out to his agent. Um, but yeah, those were my uh, week five shout outs. Week five shout outs. Uh, just wanted to touch on some games uh, before we finish this podcast. Just quickly, uh, three games that caught my attention were the Raiders versus Chiefs. The Cowboys versus the Giants, and the Vikings and the Seahawks. Uh, those were the three games that really caught my attention this this weekend. Uh, I'm gonna start off with the Raiders and the Chiefs. Raiders and the Chiefs. The Raiders started two and zero the season, and then they dropped their next two games. And they were like, "All right, so which which Raider team which Raider team are you? Are you the two and zero one? Are you the ones that got like you know played tougher tougher opponents in the Patriots and the Bills?" And then drop two games. Like, which one are you? So you know, 
I thought they were the 0-2 team. To be honest, I was like, okay, uh, you guys had pretty impressive wins against the Saints. And and then who did they they played a I forgot who they played for week one but it wasn't that tough an opponent so I was like okay like they they beat the Saints and then they lost to the Patriots and the Bills so I was like okay they couldn't beat the Bills they couldn't beat the Patriots they're probably not gonna beat the Chiefs and lo and behold they beat the Chiefs forty to thirty two Derek Carr had an impressive game um, Chucky Chucky coached a great game um, I think the players really believe in Coach Gruden. He's he's finally you know implementing the type of offense that he wants, and uh, the Raiders beat the Chiefs forty thirty two. That was that was I did not see that coming. The uh, the Chiefs jumped out to like a fourteen point lead I believe in the beginning, and I thought I thought they were going to go on to route the Raiders. And I was like, my roommate's a Raider fan. He was watching the game. He was screaming, and I was like, bro, like why are you even stressing? Like it's not worth stressing. Like the Chiefs are gonna win. Like just relax, just <laughs> accept the feat. And I had to eat those words because the Raiders came back and they beat the Chiefs. And the, especially, it's more impressive because the Chiefs hadn't lost a game since they lost to the Titans on November 10th, 2019. So almost a full cal- calendar year. We're a month, we were a month away from, from the Chiefs completing a whole year without losing. And they had won 10 straight regular season games, 13 if you include their postseason run last last year. So super impressive run that the, the Chiefs were on. They looked unbeatable. They looked like they were the best team in the NFL. I the way I put it before this game, it was the Chiefs, and then the Ravens, and then everybody else. Or and then between the Chiefs and the Ravens, there was a gap too. So was, I just had the Chiefs on this pedestal, and the Raiders just took the Chiefs off that pedestal, put forty on that defense, were able to keep up with with Patrick Mahomes. Derek Carr looked really good. Derek Carr actually, actually forced the ball down the field, and that was that was that was pretty shocking. Cause one of the one of the main main concerns with Derek Carr, or one of the main drawbacks of having Derek Carr as your franchise quarterback, is that he doesn't push the ball down the field. He's he's Mr. Captain Checkdown, as many people call him. He just likes to dink and dunk his way down the field, even if he has an open player down the field. He, he's just He's just looking to dink to the running back or the tight end. And yesterday, he, he had like four plays over 40 yards, the Raiders did. And he had two super long touchdown passes. I think a 56-yarder to Agler. That was a great throw. And then he had like a 70-yarder, 77-yarder to uh, Henry Ruggs. And that was a great touchdown. Henry Ruggs is a speedster. He just burned his defender. He, he, he didn't run that impressive of the route he just just put the burners on and left his defender Derek Carr just threw it out there in front of him Henry Ruggs caught it and he he caught a great touchdown and that offense looked explosive the the offense looked fun they look like they have weapons now Agler's coming out of nowhere I know he was struggling with the Eagles his whole career he's now with the Raiders and he looks pretty good Henry Ruggs after missing two games just got the burners on they still have Waller. They still have Brandon Jacobs. Even Booker, their backup running back, had like a good run or two. That offense is looking good. Gruden's building something. And the Chiefs, the Chiefs uh, should probably be worried about that defense to let the Raiders gash him for that long. Uh, the Raiders were able to keep uh, Mahomes on the sidelines for quite a bit of the of the game. And if you're the Chiefs and Mahomes is sitting down, that's never, that's never a good formula to win. Um... 
and just Coach Gruden. Coach Gruden, I, I, I've always loved Coach Gruden. I loved him in Monday Night Football. I loved him as a coach. He, the, he just, there's something about him that just really, that really like excites me. I like, I like seeing him on the sidelines. He's, I would, if I, if I had a team, I would love to have Coach Gruden as my, as my coach. And the Raiders have him as a coach, and it looks like he's finally getting his, his hands print all over the team. And there was a key decision to be made at the end of the game. Uh, the Raiders had the ball. They were up eight. The Chiefs had stopped them on third down. It was like fourth and one, and the Raiders had to make the decision. All right, do we go for it on fourth down, or do we punt the ball back to Mahomes? Even though I believe he had no no timeouts left, he was still would have had like a minute or something to go down the field and try to get a touchdown and a two-point conversion. And John Gruden was like, no, no, no. We're not punting the ball. I'm going to put this ball on my offense, and I'm gonna, I have full confidence in them that they're going to get this yard. And let's get out of here. Let's get out of Arrowhead. And let's get this dub. Let's get this win. And that's what he did. On fourth down, he went for it. And the offensive, the offense was able to get that yard and clinch the game. And those type of moments go a long way, in my opinion, during a season where, where your coach just puts puts faith on you on the offense and you're able to deliver. And it just it just builds that bond that teams need to, to get far into the NFL season. And I think... Coach Gruden is building that, and the offense was able to pull through for him. And now the Raiders look like they're poised to make a, a playoff run. Or at least make the playoffs. They're definitely going to make the playoffs, I believe, with what they've shown in this first five weeks. I think I think the they'll definitely get a wild card spot. And now they're only one game back from the Chiefs, so anything could happen, especially right now with not that many fans. I wouldn't put it past them if, if they compete with the Chiefs for the for the AFC West. So, so. The Raiders are looking good. I have a lot of Raider friends, and I know they're happy. So Coach Gruden is definitely building something over there. The Raiders are looking very, 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 very good. Um, the Cowboys versus Giants. Cowboys versus Giants. It, it turned out to be a really fun game. Cowboys won 37-34, but everything was just soured after Dak Prescott unfortunately broke his ankle. Um, he, he was actually having a pretty pretty good game. He had like one interception at the beginning of the game, but other than that, he had he had, he was throwing the ball pretty good. And then on this play, he was scrambling. He like broke a tackle. He was trying to stiff arm somebody else to get more yards. And unfortunately, the defender fell on him, and his foot kind of got ca- caught in the grass. And the player fell on him, and it was just very very. It was it was a scene that no one wants to see. His ankle was like completely twisted. It, they they said that he broke his ankle and it, some of the bone went through his skin. It's just super unfortunate injury. It was super sad to see Dak Prescott crying on the field. They put him on a stretcher and they they drove him out the field, and he was just super emotional, just crying, just tearing up. He was bawling, and then. And he just, you know, put his fist up to the to the cowboy fans, the few cowboy fans that were in the in the stands, and it was just sad. And the first the first thing, well, the first thing that I felt was, damn, I feel bad. Like that's a horrible injury. Like don't wish this upon anybody. I hope he recovers. But then I started thinking about his contract situation. Dak Prescott has been playing on the on the. He's, he signed a tender, so he, he, he got a lot of money for this year, $31 million. He got the franchise tag. $31 million, I believe, is what he made this year. 
but it's it's just a one year contract. So he's a free agent after the season, and the and the Cowboys could either franchise tag him again, and his number will go higher, or you know they could not re-sign him, or they could work out a long term contract. But this off season, instead of signing that franchise tag, he could have. They offered him a, a long term contract. It was over 125 million dollars. I think I reported that over a hundred of those were um, guaranteed, and he was gonna get like around 35 or higher per year. And everybody was like, "You take that, take you take that money, and you run. You you secure your financial future. You secure you know your family for generations to come. Is is generational money." Uh, even though 31 is, is a lot of money, too. Don't get me wrong. 31 could be generational money, too. But they were just like, you just secure your future. You get as much money as you can when you're in the NFL. And Dak Prescott bet on himself that he would stay healthy, that he would have a great season. And then next offseason, this offseason that's coming up, he would get an even better deal, the deal that he was looking for, ideally. And it's just super unfortunate that he got hurt. Horrific injury, just super, super unfortunate. But now, now it makes me wonder how are the Cowboys going to go forward? How are they going to treat this injury? Are they going to? Because they already didn't want to give him the contract that he wanted, that he was hoping for. So if if, if now that he's hurt, like are they going to hardball him more, even more now? Like are they going to give him less years? Like what what's going to happen? Hopefully, they at least give him the same contract that he, that he was looking for that they offered him last off season. And hopefully they don't like try to lowball him now that he's hurt. And yeah, just wish wish Dak Prescott a speedy recovery. I wish he's I wish he uh, he comes back just as good as he was, or if not better. I do I I was reading some articles and seeing like how serious the injury was, and it's probably season ending. But they're saying that it shouldn't affect his career. That he should be able to come back, you know, at a hundred percent and just be himself again. And some people are even saying that he might be able to come back for a late playoff push. That, like, it takes three to four months. If multiple bones got broken, then it might take longer. But if it's three to four months and the Cowboys make it to, like, the divisional or they make it past the wild card and then they the divisional and then they make it to the conference final, if they make it to, the, like, the conference championship, that he might be able to come back this year. Which I don't know. I don't know about rushing back like injuries, especially for your franchise QB. But that I think that's a good sign that people are saying, "Oh, he might come back." You know, if they make a deep playoff push, that makes me like more, uh, more you know, optimistic for his potential future, not just this season but going forward. But wouldn't that be a crazy scenario that the the Cowboys somehow make the playoffs under Andy Dalton? And then they managed to win a game or two in the playoffs. And then Andy Dalton's playing, like, just decent, like, whatever, not not nothing spectacular. And then Dak Prescott comes in the divisional round or the, or the championship game in the NFC, and, and he leads them to, like, the Super Bowl or something. That would be, that'd be insane. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think he's even going to touch the field. I don't think the, if the Cowboys do make the playoffs, because that division is a joke and they can still win it with Andy Dalton, he, he's decent enough to maneuver that really talented team into a playoff spot but once they get to the playoffs with Andy Dalton I don't have them winning a single game but if, if they somehow manage to win a game or two and Dak Prescott comes back that would be insane that would be a crazy crazy story and uh just as far as the game went it was 
Andy Dalton didn't look bad. He looked he looked he looked confident with his throws. Uh, the Cowboys made a smart smart signing by signing Andy Dalton as a backup quarterback. He's he's a pretty good quarterback. Uh, he's always on that barometer. He's on that line where people are like, all right, if you have a quarterback better than Andy Dalton, you're like pretty good. If you have a quarterback that's like around Andy Dalton, you're like, all right. You, he's he's the difference between like having a bad quarterback and having a good quarterback. Like he's he's a threshold. Like if you're above that. You're a pretty good quarterback. If you're below Andy Dalton, you're like a bad quarterback. So he's he's pretty decent. He's not bad. So he should be. A, he's probably the best backup in the NFL, and now he's a starter. So uh, the Cowboys still have probably the most talented team in the NFC East, and the Eagles lost again. So now they take a one-game lead on the Eagles with a lot of a lot of NFL season left. But I do think the Cowboys could sneak into the playoffs. Just it's them and the Eagles. The Washington football team has. Has, I don't think they have a chance, and the the Giants are 0-5, so they don't have a chance either. So it's going to come down to the Cowboys and the Eagles, and I believe Andy Dalton does have it in him to at least make it competitive, and they'll be in the hunt come Week 16. But just to reiterate, just super, 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 super unfortunate that Dak Prescott got hurt. I wish him the best. I know he had talked about depression like before the season, and that was a big topic, and Everybody commended for speaking up on it and how he's a cowboy. He's a Cowboys quarterback. He's going through depression and stuff like that. And just he seems like a great guy. And I just hope he has a great, great recovery and he comes back even better than he was before. And I hope he gets paid. Number one, pay the man, pay the man, Jerry Jones, pay the man. <clears throat> but uh, one more game that I wanted to. Touch on real quick before uh, we finish this episode of the Hard to Handle podcast. Vikings versus Seahawks. The Seahawks sneak out a victory against the Vikings, twenty-seven to twenty-six. It was the Seahawks didn't look good throughout the game. If I'm being honest, the Vikings came in as a one and three team, just struggling to get anything going. And the Seahawks came in four and zero, looking like a very good team. And they struggled. They struggled the whole game. The Vikings, you know, to their credit, they put up. They put a, a great effort yesterday. Um, Cooks, their their running back went down. Dalvin Cook went down. He's their best offensive player, I believe. And for him to go down, and for them to you know still be competitive and show a lot of effort, show a lot of heart, that was a uh, pretty impressive by the Vikings. Uh, Madison came in and had a good game, so they were still able to run the ball pretty good. But with the game on the line, I think they had a they had a chance to score a field goal and push the lead to eight with like a minute, less than a minute, less than two minutes left. And instead, uh, Coach Simmer tried to go for it on fourth down. He he tried to just wrap up the game. I think it was fourth and two or fourth and one. And if they got it, they would have just ended the game. They would have beat the Seahawks, put the upset. But the Seahawks defense came through for once this season and st- stuffed them on fourth down and then that led to probably the best drive of the of the NF, of the NFL season so far uh Russell Wilson had the ball I think he had to go like 96 yards to go with no timeouts or one timeout I believe he had he had to go the length of the field and it was just a masterful display by Wilson it just drove him I think it's the 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 drive started with Russell Wilson being vintage Russell Wilson escaping the pocket he picked up like maybe like 15 yards running and then they couldn't get much going fourth and 10 
finds DK Metcalf on the left side. Metcalf makes a pretty impressive catch, goes out of bounds, and you're like, okay, like now they're now they're in the Vikings, you know, uh, side of the field. This could really happen. And they drive it all the way to to the goal line, or not the goal line, but like inside the ten yard line. And on second down, I believe uh, Russell Wilson is rolling to his right. He has DK Metcalf wide open, throws it. It looks like it's a touchdown, but I, I don't know if DK Metcalf doesn't secure it too 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 hard, or I don't know what happened, but. The defender comes in there like right after he catches it and punches it out, and it's an incomplete pass. And then it's third down, third and goal. They can't do any. They can't do much. It's fourth and goal with like 20 seconds left. Russell Wilson finds DK Metcalf for the game-winning touchdown. They try to go for two, but they can't. But it's still enough to take a one-point lead. And the Vikings didn't have enough time, and they lose. But that that last that last drive was so impressive. Just Russell Wilson hadn't had the best game. DK Metcalf hadn't had the best game. But when it when it mattered, when when it counts, they they come up big for the Seahawks. They're able to get the win. They go to five and zero. Now they have a bye coming up. They have a bye in week six. Jamal Adams missed another game. He he didn't play against the Vikings. He's one of the top three safeties in the league. They traded a lot of capital to get him. And he hasn't been playing, I believe, the last two or three weeks. And the defense has struggled. The defense has struggled. But now they're getting healthy. They have week six to get healthy. And then by week seven, I feel like Jamal Adams should be back on the field. And that's really going to help out their defense. And, yeah, it's just impressive. Like, I feel like this is the games that really good teams find a way to win. Like, you're playing a team that hasn't done that good, that has, you know, that has stars, that has... High, had high expectations, expectations, but they haven't started the season that well. And it's kind of like a trap game. It's like the Vikings. Like They're a good team. They just haven't played good this season. And you're a good team, and you're, you're feeling yourself, and, and it's raining, and you have a tough game. And the Vikings are leading like most of the game, but good teams figure out a way to win those type of games. And Russell Wilson and the Seahawks were able to pull that game out yesterday, and it was just super impressive. And it just... It just gives me more confidence that the Seahawks are going to be there at the end of the season because I had the Seahawks making it to the Super Bowl. And I feel like those are the type of games that that Super Bowl caliber teams win. Ugly game, raining, teams not playing the best. You're missing your star on defense. The other team's hungry to get their season kickstarted. If the Vikings win, if the Vikings beat the Seahawks, they go to 2-3. and three. The season might not be over. They might be able to salvage something for the season. They're fighting for everything. And the Seahawks were able to pull it off. Super impressive win. Super impressive by Wilson just orchestrating a beautiful drive at the end. It was a great game. I I thoroughly enjoyed watching the end of it. It was it was a great game. Just tip my hat to Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson for MVP. Been saying it all season long. I'm gonna keep saying it if he keeps playing like this. Russell Wilson for MVP. As far as the Vikings, missed opportunity. Definitely a missed opportunity. If they would have beaten the Seahawks, their season would not have been over yet. They they would have beaten um, the Texans last week, and they would have beaten the Seahawks. They would have won their last two games. They could have been building something. Now they lose. They go. They fall to one and four. Season. The the Bears are now four and one. The the Packers are four and zero. Oh. It's just it's looking very very tough for them to come back. They still got. They have a rough schedule, and now Dalvin Cook got hurt. We're still waiting to see how hurt he is, but it's looking tough for the Vikings. It, it looks like their season is done. If I was them, I would not. They just paid Cook a lot of money this offseason 
So if I'm them, I don't rush Cook back. I let him take his time. The season is pretty much over. I'll work him in however I have, however slow I have to, just because I don't want to, you know, risk any him aggravating this injury when he's a franchise player. So sorry for the Vikings. You guys just played a juggernaut in uh in the Seahawks that just finds a way to win it. And Russell Wilson is playing is as good as anybody right now in the NFL, if not better than everybody. He might be the best player in the NFL right now. He just Russell Wilson for MVP. Um, but yeah, that was uh that was uh episode ten of the Hard to Handle podcast. One more time, just wanted to reiterate, congratulations to the Los Angeles Lakers in winning their 17th title. What an accomplishment, LeBron James. You're in the goat status. You're definitely in the conversation. No one could deny that. You are amazing. And a great week of NFL football. Russell Wilson for MVP. Dak Prescott, I hope you get better. I hope you get paid. And shout out to Phillip Rivers for stealing $25 million from the Colts. And uh, this is Ismael San Juan signing out. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you for listening to me. Like, comment, and subscribe. Or just follow my podcast wherever you're listening to this thank you so very much have a great day